0: When you live to ticket before you kick it, it's pretty important that you power your adventure with the right nutrition. Not just when you decide to take on the biggest physical and mental challenge of your life, like I did retracing the 1928 Tour de France, but also as a part of everyday living, working overtime on a double shift, running the kids all over town to their sporting events, adding a few extra miles to your weekly hike, or getting sleep deprived with a hectic travel schedule. I'm proud to announce Bucket Nutrition is now an official sponsor of our podcast and just for you, giving a 10% discount on all Bucket Nutritional products. Go to Amazon.com and use promo code Bucket10, that's Bucket with an I-T, 10, for a 10% discount on Bucket Nutritional products. Great tasting, high performance nutrition to help you take it before you kick it.
1: I couldn't go back. Your you just put it out there.
0: She said you've got less than a list of the year to even deeper. is the residue of design. Nobody else was
1: doing it, so I couldn't. That
0: I. was the turning point. Welcome to the Bucket Podcast with Phil Kogan. Every week, I talk to mavericks, disruptors, and innovators, people who ditch the excuses, swerve off the predictable road, and epitomize what it means to ticket before you kick it. So... What I'm doing right now is I'm traveling across America and I'm looking for people who are as tough as nails for a new competition show called Tough as Nails. It's gonna be on CBS. And one of the reasons I'm doing this show is because I feel like there's so many stories in America that haven't been told about people who are as tough as nails. There's a tremendous division going on right now in this election year. And so I'm just asking people about you know what does tough as nails mean to them and so i'm here at at cbs and i meet up with wendy who works at cbs and she's telling me this fantastic story about her family and and i think it speaks to a lot of the stories in america and what it means to be tough as nails and so wendy you you were just telling me a little bit about your family history and i'm just like blown away by this story that you have to tell because it's so heartfelt
1: Well, that's. I was listening to you talk about your parents and your grandparents and and the jobs that your grandparents had, and I couldn't help but think of my own grandparents who were Holocaust survivors. They came here after the war. My grandmother um, lost her husband and two young kids um, in the war, and my grandfather lost his wife and two children. And so I heard you talking and I thought, I got the chills because I thought about my grandparents, they came here with nothing. Uh, My grandfather made those Russian hats, those thick Russian hats, and my grandmother was a seamstress. And they just worked so hard, um, just paycheck to paycheck, and scraped together whatever they could to give my mother a better life in New York. And that stayed with me and my grandma just all these tips, life tips she gave me, um, showing me that every job has dignity, every person has dignity. Um, And she taught me, even though she probably didn't make it past eighth grade, she taught me you always have to get your education. And um, I didn't think that was necessarily in the cards for me, but I kept on hearing her voice. So I was a cleaning person in college. My first job after college, I was a cleaning person, actually joined the Peace Corps, uh, went to Poland. She was actually a prisoner in Auschwitz. So I spent two years in Poland. You know, you're
0: just, this is a book, right? <laughs> I mean, what you're telling me, it's I've amazing. I've been told
1: it's a book. So, yeah. and then I got back and I was able to go to Columbia University and get a master's degree. Oh and God. I didn't go to graduation because I'm not somebody who, likes all the pomp and circumstance, but I went to pick up my diploma. I was actually uh, about two or three months pregnant with my daughter, who I named after my grandmother, and I picked up that diploma, and I just thought of her the whole time, and I thought, um, I did it, Grandma. I got my education.
0: Now, were your grandparents alive to see you?
1: No, so my grandmother um, passed away in 95, and and I got my master's degree uh, years later in uh, 2006. And um, since then, I just really think about, um, it's, it's funny, our heroes. My hero was a woman who was like, maybe 4'7", four four at her tallest, and um, who survived the unimaginable, who lost her children and her husband, and yet, who I thought was like, so glamorous and strong and well, beautiful was. and resilient. And even today, I meet superstars like Phil. I'm not a
0: superstar and,
1: um And again, what I, what I hear you talk about at this stage of your career, which I find really inspiring, is you could be doing anything. And that anything, the best thing to do is to bring in voices of people like my grandparents. And I, I mean, I just think about scrubbing yes. toilets and just thinking like, I actually loved it, because you worked so hard, mm. and then I was a waitress, and you, you work, people don't realize that there is like, they work so much harder like what I did as a cleaning person I mean I love what I do now and it's an honor to come to work every day now, well now I am the social media manager here at Channel 2 yeah. but I'll tell you something can
0: you imagine how foreign that would have been to your grandmother if, the I mean idea if I was that, like
1: Facebook, yeah, Twitter, yes, Facebook, Instagram is, yeah. but I'll tell you and I tell people this all the time because my background wasn't in journalism my masters is in, in organizational psychology and I tell people that the reason I think I do well is because I listen, mm. and I think the reason that I know how to listen is i can have I, I have empathy and i when when we go and stay at places, I think to myself as my, as my family, i think i like it, I was the cleaning person mm-hmm. at these places, and I look at mostly the women there, and I just see people who were they were where i happened to have been. Uh, One of my closest friends here survived the war in Rwanda, the genocide in Rwanda. Mm. And um, she came here and she was a cleaning person. That was uh, almost 20 years ago. And the, you know, people who work so hard, I just know that I look at them and I'm like, that was me. And I know you're working to support your family and, um and I, I still feel very much a kinship with people who uh, at the end of the day they're just so physically exhausted back then you could also smoke mm. and so people would just come home and you like smell like smoke and mm-hmm. all that you know I would have hives from the bleach and the products and in some ways i I felt at the end of the day like exhausted but really proud of myself. well you,
0: you, you know the w- the word that really struck with me there w- was dignity yeah and and uh, just as your your grandmother wanted you to get that education she to did. better your life she
1: did, yeah.
0: Uh, and there has been a focus such a focus on that for a better life because True. that's the way to get yes. away from yes. those other jobs and i think the the balance is finding okay yes for some people going to university and getting a degree is a good direction right but then there's also this pride in people uh working in a trade. Absolutely. And, and yeah. so and, and instead of a, there being a stigma to someone who maybe doesn't go to college, doesn't want to because they don't maybe there's so many people leaving college right now right. with debt.
1: With huge debt. And that saddles some, them for the rest of their lives. Right. Yes. And there's
0: something like 6 million jobs yes, vacant trade yes. jobs in America. How do we get back to appreciating the plumber that comes to your house
1: Absolutely.
0: or the, the person who comes to install the windows in right. your house and takes that real pride in doing it just right. right. And walking away from that, the person who comes to cut your grass, right. but does it and does all the edges perfectly and walks away. And you know that they have that pride. And when you meet those people, you see it in their eyes. You see that they, they don't think that be, what they do is something that is less than anything else that anybody else does, that a lawyer does in one of these high-rise buildings behind us here, they, they take real pride. So my grandfather being a carpenter, my other grandfather being a mechanic, and, and, and this one grandfather who was a mechanic and also a gunsmith, the pride that I see him right. take in his work when he would hand the rifle over to somebody after he bedded it and done it on so meticulous with everything he did, I'm just trying for us to, to put a spotlight on that and say, to, particularly to young people, there is another way to go. You exactly. don't have to go to college
1: right, to absolutely. be...
0: They all say it, the people who are out keeping this country working. working. We know that we, we may have dirty hands, but we make clean money. And oh. you brought up another interesting point in our discussion, which is right now... Everybody is drilling in on what makes us different as a country. And I really feel like what can, the good that can come from this show is we can start to focus on what makes us the same.
1: Mm-hmm. We
0: love our families. Mm-hmm. We want to provide for our families. Mm-hmm. We want to put a roof over their head. We want to put in an honest day's work. Those are qualities and, and, and things that are shared no matter what party you're in. And yeah. do you agree?
1: Sometimes I think... That when i look at politicians i think if you just had the chance to work at that mcdonald's for the day my mom worked at kmart she worked at the gas station she um, worked at burger king i actually don't think she worked at mcdonald's but she worked fast food and all those places and like i said i worked on a a factory floor i put together watches Uh, i was a cleaning person i was a waitress and sometimes i just when i watch politicians talking no matter what party they're in i just think If you just had a week to live in the life of a person who works at a daycare, um, because some people are actually master's degrees working in childcare, early childhood education, and they're not making enough to pay their families. If you just had a sense of how close you are to the precipice, so for us, transmission. I didn't realize how poor it was to be, I didn't realize how expensive it was to be poor. So now you can buy a new car and you don't have to pay much to fix it up. You are um, growing up in a home where your mom works in fast food. She c- tries to go to work, which is miles away. Her transmission um, doesn't work, and that's $700. Back then, I remember, like, how are we going to get $700 so my mom could keep her job at the fast food wow. place? And now, if a car is broken, you have, when you get a new car, you have the warranties, and it works well. But we didn't have shock. So I remember the first time we got this new car, which was used, it was, like, this really just... <laughs> I mean, I remember like red velvet inside. That's all I remember. And I remember we were driving. Um, we lived in northeastern Pennsylvania, in a very small town. And we were driving, and the first time we drive the car, and we'd already bought it, and there weren't good shocks. Some and people it was,
0: do that to their cars. the right? it's yeah. a, maybe
1: we started it back then, <laughs> but it's so expensive yes. to be. I mean, it's just every. I just think what it did to my brain as a child growing up, because when there is when you're more worried about your paycheck, then you're more worried about health insurance, then yeah. you're more worried that if you have uh, a rash on your skin or something else, you can't go to the doctor because you can't take off. And I think with your show, it just, you know, maybe we're not going to take that week to work in fast food or whatever, but we're going to see it on your show. And I think it's just, it's all about empathy and mm-hmm. understanding. And um, and we all, all of us probably in our history somewhere, had the coal mining yes. relative, had yeah. the person who worked in the factory. And I, I can't wait to see your show. And actually, we're going to be starting a Facebook Live. We
0: are, so we have to go. But I, look, Wendy, thank you so much for
1: thank you. sh- sharing
0: your story. Thank
1: you for listening. Yeah, who knew? And, and
0: and that's our goal with Tough as Nails, uh, is to get as many people who have different stories to share, just to open our eyes up and make us go, you know what, It's it, it, we should be proud of that. That's yes. what made this country, that's what will keep this country going, and that maybe when we see somebody cleaning a floor or up balancing on a building or at a construction site or building a road, we have a new appreciation for who they are. I
1: can't wait.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Thank you. Phil. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. To see more great interviews, go to philcogan.com and subscribe to Bucket with Phil Kogan wherever you get your podcasts. Please consider rating and reviewing us, and follow Bucket—that's Bucket with an I T—on Instagram and Facebook. Also, follow me on Twitter at Phil Cogan. Today's podcast proudly brought to you by Bucket Nutrition, great-tasting, high-performance nutrition to power your adventure. Don't forget to go to Amazon.com, search for Bucket Nutrition. And use promo code Bucket10, that's Bucket with an I-T, and you'll get a 10% discount on all Bucket nutritional products. Just wait until you try the Bucket Booster with Manuka Honey.